A reminder to our insurance brokers that this episode is eligible for half a CPD point from NEBA. Stay tuned until the end of the episode for details on where you can go to generate your CPD certificate. Hi guys, it's Kelly here from the NTI Spotlight podcast and today we're going to be talking about family businesses. Um, These make up a huge amount of Australia's transport and logistics operators and I'm absolutely privileged to be joined today by the Nolans family. Um, These guys have been in operation for a good number of years, multi-generation business and no doubt lots and lots of tips for for, uh, our listeners today on what makes a successful family business. Thanks very much to the three of you for coming along. Can someone tell me a little bit about the Nolans business and the history of of where you came from? Uh, I'm Darren Nolan. Um, and we have our, uh, my brother Flea Nolan or Adrian Nolan and um, mother Daff Nolan uh, on, the, on the podcast today. Thanks a lot, Darren. Um, Daphne, were you involved from the outset with the start of the business? Oh, definitely not. I married in 1966 and that was my first introduction to transport. Uh, in those days, Terry's dad had um, about 22 local trucks just running around the farms here and carting back to the railway. And um, I just, you know, fitted into the picture, I guess. And it wasn't for very many, a lot of years after that, that Terry eventually took over from his dad. But, um, and you just grow with it. It's just one of those things. Adrian, when, when did you first get involved in the, in the business? Um, I left school in uh, grade 10 and went and worked for opposition uh, for five years and then um, come back over to the family. Um, starting driving body trucks, um, trailers, then got into operation, and now, yeah, uh, where we are today. And Darren, when when did you start out? Probably 20-odd years ago. I can't remember the exact date, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, um, the Nolans rule, and I'm sure Flea will probably touch on this as well, but it's always been a, a family rule that you have to work outside the business before you can work inside the business, so... Um, we all had normal you know, jobs and um, yeah, so I probably joined over 20 years ago. All of us actually have, whilst we may be directors of, of the company, we all actually work in the business uh, in positions. So um, we don't get it that, we don't, we don't get it too easy. We, um, we have to, we have to still get in and do stuff. So um, yeah, so that's where I started. So that's a, a really interesting rule about uh, the Nolan's rule. You have to work outside the business uh, first or, or as well. What what brought that rule about? It's not really a rule, I guess, and, and I'm hoping that the others can jump in. It, it was just more that my dad was um, always of the opinion that you need to get experience um, and, you know, real what I call real world experience outside the business before you can work internally. And I think that also brings with it, you know, uh, experience of how to deal with people uh, and, you um, I mean, that's just my opinion. Flea, what's yours? Yeah, it probably just gives you an opportunity of uh, having a look at um, what else is out there um, to find out if that's a career path that you want to be in. And, and Daph, did you see the boys grow as a result of you know, getting out and seeing some of the rest of the world? Oh, look, they worked really hard when they came back to work for us. I'm positive that, of that. 
Um, they've done all done an extremely great job and I'm very proud of them. You know, like Darren used to shift the pellets around after school. Flea used to ride his little motorbike around the yard while we'd pack our spuds onto the trucks and there was, you know, hard times. <laughs> well, there you go. I think we bought you a book one day saying, you know, you'd done such a good job, you could have a bird book. <laughs> I'd forgot. I'd forgotten about that stuff. <laughs> uh, I remember that. I think I worked something like five weeks straight, all for the saving up for this bloody book that I um, that I got eventually, which <laughs> cheap labour. <laughs> but you could say hard work was in the blood, though, for sure. Did you always know the boys would end up in the business, Steph? Look, I think we would have been very, very disappointed had that have not happened. Um, but they were all asked. We had also have I have a daughter as well, and the whole three of them were put down at one stage and said, "Look, you know, this is what we want to do. You just want to be in the business, or do you not?" And um, Michelle said she was fine, and you know the boys decided to come in, which clap our hands. Thank goodness for uh, that. Darren, can I get you just to tell us about the Nolan's business? What what do you cart? You know what. What is the business really um, all about? Um, so we we transport um, refrigerated, prim- primarily refrigerated chiller freight, a bit of freezer freight, um, but mainly uh, refrigerated. Um, that could be anything from fruit and vegetables that we see going into, you know, the likes of Woolworths, Coles, Aldi, those sorts of businesses. Um, and we operate Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, North Queensland. In addition to changes changes in the freight and you know as we talked about the the lines you must have seen a heck of a lot of other changes in the time in the business that you've been involved obviously technology is a wonderful thing um with with the way it's all gone these days um with the the change of the produce world um now it's all going into just just in time stuff so now it's all it's pre-prepared meals and that's the future um that we see today is everyone's lifestyle so busy that we don't go shopping once a fortnight we now go shopping once a day you've got to bear in mind that when i first came here there was only potatoes pumpkins onions and um hay and chaff that's all was carted here in the valley and um you know though most of those went on the rail so you know your day would would have been filled up with just going to the farms and picking up and coming back into the rail and loading it on the trains um, it wasn't for a few years after that that the railway line, we, and we used to have to cart to Wollongarra because the railway lines were different in Queensland and New South Wales. So if it was going New South, we'd have to take it down as far as Wollongarra. Um, yeah, and then one just out of the blue, someone must have thought, well, this is a pretty good farming valley for the local produce, like so the broccoli, all that small product, cauliflower, lettuce and all that. And that's when the um, coal freight started to come into the town. So we still do our potatoes and pumpkins, but not as many now. I, I was just going to say, I'm sure Flea remembers the same as what I do, getting in the backs of the, the trailers, moving pumpkins from one end of the trailer to the other. Yeah. And of course, you absolutely love that job. <laughs> in fact, I think I broke my nose being hit by a pumpkin that you swung, if I remember rightly. I've got a, a teenage son who I call tech support because you know he is way quicker at learning new technology and getting up to speed with things than I am. I mean, how is that in a family business when it can be the the younger generations, the younger ones who've um, uh, who come in with the new ideas and the and the technology, I guess, ex- skills or experience, 
um, and trying to teach some of, well, my son trying to teach me as the older one. How's that for you in the business? Is that been something you've had as well? Well, we're all IT experts here, particularly when it comes to Daph Nolan, because Daph is definitely not technology mm. efficient. <laughs> yeah, I'm just the tea lady nowadays. Uh, if there's a, if there's a, if there's something wrong with the email, we're the first ones to get the call. So, um, look, I mean, I'll, I'll probably uh, talk from from that perspective. I mean, we technology has been a huge big. Uh, huge game player for us, uh, particularly uh, internally. Uh, we've we've had to invest significantly in um, you know new infrastructure and new systems and new processes so that you know we can be be and stay competitive and stay ahead of the uh, the curve basically. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's been. It's been an in interesting challenge to roll out, a, you know, an ERP system over the likes of whilst COVID was on, particularly when you couldn't get to the states for training. Um, so most of the training that we had to do when we were rolling that out last year was um, was uh, over Microsoft Teams, and you know, it was a completely different dynamic. You couldn't actually get to them and, and have a face-to-face -face conversation. So it was very interesting. But you know, we. It, it, we're pretty happy with how things are progressing, but I think from a technology point of view, it's always going to progress higher and faster and um, more technology. But you know, I think that the important thing is to create from from our end. It's having a really good think about the technology that you're wanting to put in first, and make sure that you're choosing the right technology because. I've seen time and time again uh, with conversations with other uh, transport operators, you know, someone will come and do a presentation and they're looking for a new software to implement um, and they just take it. We spent probably over a year and a half of evaluation of software products before we decided to put it in because, you know, being a family business, making sure that we had, you know, everyone in place at the right right time in the right place was pretty important to us to make sure that we got the right product at the end of the day. Um, so we, we are in some ways, and Fleet probably agrees, we're slow adopters of technology at times, um, but we do put a lot of thought into what we're investing in before we do the investment. You could say that's considered investors rather than uh, rushing in. Yeah, well, I mean, Dad, Dad was never someone who would rush in um, was he Flea? I mean, he was usually, he would always take a bit of a back seat and wait. He'd say, wait for someone else to stuff it up first before we get it. Yeah, don't buy the, don't buy the first of the new model because you know you're going to have problems. You know, for us, it was the fact that a new fax machine was the most important thing that we'd ever invested in. Yeah, in fact, I remember when you received your first IBM computer, Mum, none um, of you, no one knew how to use it. Yeah. And you know, if we think about other family businesses and particularly succession planning where, you know, you might have started the business, you've got to let go a little bit and hand that over to the next generation coming through. I mean, any tips for other operators about what you guys have done that's made that successful? Well, we didn't get the opportunity to see how that played out because poor old Terry passed away on us. But, um, you know, up until then, I think he sort of, he run the roost and he would have dictated how things went. But... You know, as he got on a bit, he sort of noticed that the kids could do this. But, um, yeah, I think they they probably got the best end of the stick there, that they've had that all on their own bat now. Uh, Dad was a hard taskmaster, there's no doubt about it. But, um, uh, you know, towards the end of um, 
towards the end of time, we, we as a family um, had to do a lot of sitting down and a lot of discussions about where the future was and how we should plan for that and, and how it would look and how it would feel and what agreements we have in place and all those sorts of things. And, and so whilst, you know, we didn't have probably anything official official, we, we certainly spent a lot of time as a family, um, you know, sorting through it basically. Flea, how do you guys share, divvy out the workload and share the workload? Uh, pretty easy because Darren looks after compliance and I look after the transport side of things. So I think we've got all our own separate teams that we work with. Um, we don't, we cross paths, but we don't really interact with each other's division as in he runs his team and I run my team and then we have our uh, in the middle team where we come together and we uh, talk about solutions, talk about problems that we're uh, in different areas that we need to address. Um, we currently, yeah, we have our boardroom meetings with our uh, managers and our, we've got our general manager that's in, uh, uh, up the top as well. So, we, But we're sort of always in and around uh, each other. It's not not his team sitting up there and my team's over the road. It's, it's we're all together. It's just it so happens that, you know, um, my skills and strengths lay in one area, Flea's skills and strengths are in another area. And the two areas are actually pretty complementary because we're always involved with what we're doing one another. So, um, so sounds like a good tip for others is, you know, having that clarity around, okay, this is your role. This is my role. This is how we'll work together. But, you know, making sure that there's not, there's uh, collaboration but not so much overlap that you're stepping on each other's toes all the time. Yeah, look, I mean, um, I think that's pretty important and I think Flea will agree. I mean, I, I don't want to be in his business every second of every day. I mean, that's just not the, the way to do business. You know, everyone needs their own freedom to move and to make, you know, the decisions and be backed up if you have made those decisions and I think that's pretty important. But from our perspective, it's about where your strengths lay and, and how you can complement one another in in the business without um, basically being in each other's business, if that makes sense. Because let's be honest, I mean, you spend 99% of the time with each other all the time. Um, so, you know, <laughs> we're all good friends, but, you know, there's a limit to how much business you want to be involved in with, with, you know, with each other. Yeah, and you, look, you wouldn't do that with any of the other managers in, in the business. So, you know, why would you do it to each other, right? No, that's exactly right. How does that work with other leaders and managers in the business? You know, where it's a family business, they always say blood is thicker than water, right? About at the end of the day, buck, buck stops with you. But how does that work with other leaders and managers in your business? Well, the buck stops at the top, Flea, doesn't it? I mean, we, we, I mean, we do have a general manager appointed that, that looks after what we would consider the day-to-day -day, uh, managerial running of the business. We do, like we have our monthly boardroom meeting with all our managers from different states, but also um, obviously COVID, we haven't been down to Sydney or Melbourne as much as we would like to, but we try to get down there and spend time with our managers and our staff in those areas so they know that we aren't just a corporate person, we're an actual family. Yeah, that, that's a really good lead-in about what are the advantages of being a family business? It sounds like you know family values is, is pretty fundamental to what you guys 
how you run your teams and how you run the business, but what, what are some of the other advantages? One from that comes straight to mind is contact from, from our customers' perspective. They will always get a Nolan if they want a Nolan, basically. And, um, you know, so there's, there, we are <clears throat> always representing, um, you know, the business. So if you have a supplier that, you know, Flea's talking to about, you know, particular lanes or rates or whatever it may be, uh, there will always be a Nolan presence uh, doing that at that high level. Daph, what about from your perspective? What What do you like about running a family business? Um, well, I probably could say it's pretty hard work, but um, no, in, in the whole, I think it gives us the freedom to do, you know, have a little bit of extra things that maybe other people don't get. I don't know. I, I, I just think it grows on you and, you know, I just love the industry and I hope the boys and the next generation sort of continue it on. Tips for other family businesses from your experience? Um, yeah, what advice would you give to others, whether they are an operator now that's looking to hand over to the next generation or a family that's working together and finds it tough? What What are the tips to success from the Nolan's perspective, starting maybe starting with you, Flea? I think you've got to put um, trust in people. Um, without that, you sort of can't do too much else. You've got to trust that if you make the wrong decision, that someone's going to be there to help you. How about your perspective, Darren? Um, yeah, look, I, I would say uh, exactly the same. In fact, we're in a situation at the moment where, <clears throat> you know, some of Flea's kids uh, are now moving into the business. So there's another level of succession there that's been planned and, and has to be carefully considered. But um, transparency for me is something that is absolutely important. Uh, transparency as a family and transparency in decision-making uh, is probably the biggest tip that I can offer. You don't want one person going over and doing one thing and the other person not knowing what's going on. I was just on. going to say that. I think communication is the most important thing to learn, you know, to keep everyone in the loop when you're doing something so that there's no animosity amongst the family, that you know, we're all happy with what's happening. Yeah, definitely. I think communication is <clears throat> seems to be... We're always having conversations about that. <laughs> And the lack of sometimes, but... You know, that's that's... why I come to work every morning so I can hear what goes on. (laughs) (laughs) How how do you keep the work separate from family? You said about, you know, spending 99% of your day with each other and Daph, you're coming to work to see the boys. (laughs) Do you you get sick of each other? (laughs) No. Why would you get sick of your family? We we probably don't have as much time together outside of work as we would... Well, we should, I suppose, but because we do see one another every day, our weekends tend to be more involved in whatever we want to do for ourselves rather than, you know, go and have family coffee or whatever. But um, we do always have our Christmases and our Easter's together and have family, you know, bits of get-togethers during the year, but not as probably as often as most families do. And look, work does cross into that, and Flea can testify to that. I mean, you know... Whether there's a truck on the road Christmas Day, um, still you know, have we'll, to be there. We, we still all have to be uh, at some point contactable in case something happens. So, you know, from time to time, obviously work does get involved in that. But, you know, we try and, um, well, I try and keep it, you know, family time separate to, to work time. Let, let's talk about um, what happens if you don't agree with each other? <laughs> um, you know, 
that must be a bit tricky because strong kind of leaders, strong personalities, family, sounds like you're trying to have democratic decision making, although sticking in your lanes, your areas of strength, you said, Darren. But what if there's conflict or how is that resolved? I think there's always going to be conflict in any family business because it's just the passion that people, you know, like when you're passionate about something, you are very vocal about something. Um, but, you know, like probably, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, we'd probably scream at each other until there was a decision that one person walked away or the other person walked away. I think, flea, wasn't that about right? But but, but I, I think now things are quite different. Um, you know, there's good dialogue. There's sit down and we sort of thrash out the pros and cons and, and you know, like we don't all have to agree, but I think we just have to respect decisions that, that are made. Um, wouldn't you say, Daph? Yes, I would say so, yeah. I think, yeah. I think the really good tips that I drew out of that um, was, you know, it's about communication, but it's also, I think you said, Daph, keeping the, the, at the heart of it all, what's the best for the company. It's not about what's best for me. It's about best for the company, best for the family. It's whatever's best for the business. If you try and take the personality, you know, like the personalities out of it, it's business. Um, it's not personal. <clears throat> Although sometimes that mix between business and personal can can get get in the way as well. It gets a bit mixed. Mixed, but you know, I, I reckon we probably did a, sh a pretty crap job of it years and years and years ago. Um, but I think. I mean, talking from my perspective, um, you have probably, probably got a, a, another opinion, but yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I think those things have changed pretty dramatically about the way that we make those decisions and, and the conflict, trying to iron out those conflicts. Yeah, I think that the the issue, there's no, you sort of don't have any issues because at the end of the day, Dad made the decision and that was a decision back those days. Now we have a look at it from... Um, three different or four different personalities, uh, general manager, mum and Darren and myself. And most of the time, um, we come up with a solution that fits what we want to do. In terms of the, the journey of running the family business and kind of bringing the next generation on, it's a, such a fantastic legacy to the Nolan's name. I think that's must make you very, very proud of what you guys have done. Any tips to others that are trying to help their business be sustainable in the long term and uh, you know create that kind of legacy? What do you? What tips would you give them? I think the the hardest thing is is you got to be dedicated. You you can't push them to to try and make them fit into the slot if that's not where they're you know designed to be either. I think the rule generally we follow that flea. I mean even with your uh, some of your family moving into the business, they've all worked outside of this business and they've all got their own um, qualifications and, you know, outside of here. So I think that's a, a good one because it gives you a bit of an insight into, you know, how, how things are going to fit in. I but... know one of the challenges about getting new drivers into the industry, for example, is we need more advocates out there sharing how awesome it is. You know, it's such a good industry to be part of. There's so many opportunities and there's variety in the jobs and variety in the work etc and I guess families are the best advocates of that because they will see your passion um, you know your, your kids will see how the things that you enjoy they'll I guess just be around it and find those things out for themselves so they've got a bit of an advantage over others right yeah it's, they've just got to, you've just got to um, let them 
decide that they want to be in the business, not not try and go the other way around and push them in. Because it's like anything. If you don't want it, if you're if you're not passionate about it, it's not going to work. And and giving them the chance to see and touch and feel and get involved, get amongst it, right? Yeah. Daph, did you want to jump in there too? Oh, I was just going to say that, um, you know, you go back to when I first started, you would have father and son, like father would be driving the trucks, sons would come in after work to wash the trucks for dad, move the truck around, get it ready, park it up, probably help load the truck. As I remember Terry used to say, they'd be loading trucks at 15 years of age. You know, none of that stuff happens anymore. It's just sad because we would have had generation, two, two, two or three generations of fathers, sons and grandchildren working here at some stage. I mean, we, we, we've shot ourselves in the foot really as an industry because we're so focused on making sure everything is safe and everything is this and everything. And, and like Fleet said, you know, that's number one. Priority is obviously getting uh, our workers and our families home safe. Um, so that's always at the top of the mind. But I think there's, there needs to be some relaxation around how that applies um, because otherwise, uh, again, just, uh, you know, as Flea mentioned, like by the time these kids have actually grown up um, and are of the age to actually start using machinery and using and looking at certain things and working with certain, uh, you know, trucks and trailers and whatnot, they've already made their career choices. They're already out and about. So, you know, I think we've put so much emphasis on, uh, internal safety and systems and processes and that we've probably neglected the fact that the industry has got a ginormous shortage and that's largely due because you can't bring these kids in and train them up uh, and see whether they're passionate about the industry before they actually join. All right. Um, we'll probably start to draw the podcast to a close there. I think we've got some really fantastic tips and I've really enjoyed hearing your experiences but as we wrap up uh, maybe one last question if that's okay um, you know what what's the biggest lesson that you've learned that you would pass on to somebody else you know, think of this flea as the uh, legacy to pass to your kids when they listen to this podcast um, what's the um, you know what's your final thoughts or parting gift for people around um, running a family business and and how to make it a success. I think the biggest thing is with any business is communication is if you got that right, the rest flows on. If someone's got an issue, bring it to our attention and not let it bottle up inside because an issue that becomes a small issue that can be resolved straight away by the time it um, festers inside, inside people's heads and especially truck drivers because a little issue that they think is such a small issue is a big issue when really it can be dealt with straight away and 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 then that sort of once you can get that relationship going you seem to um yeah you don't have any issues at all always arrive early and always say hello to people it's no different than any other you know as you're if you're a new employee starting a new business out you know anywhere i think you're always going to uh, have those dramas and difficulties, but um, I mean, I, I think family businesses are very time critical. Um, so you know, um, certainly you know, arriving on time, doing your job, and and putting in that bit extra is always appreciated because, let's be honest, things don't always work on an eight to five day. They they tend to sometimes work past those hours. So. Um, and Def, uh 
what you know I think you've been in this game longer than any you know, obviously any of the rest or maybe us put together I mean what would you what would be your kind of final padding thoughts or you know lasting piece of advice I just sort of think you have to show interest you have to be around your staff let them see that you are part working with them and you know that you're just not the boss um, and as I've always said to be successful you have to have your heart in your business and your business in your heart absolutely fantastic and that's no matter if it's a family business or not you know that's the the key to success right thank you all so much for your time really appreciate it um this has been you know a, a topic that's close to my heart and uh, i work with lots and lots of family operators and i think it's it's not easy um you particularly when you're bringing on the next generation i think it takes a lot of trust and as you said um you know i love those values of respect of humbleness of transparency i think there's a lot of good good lessons in what we've talked about today so thank you all so much for coming um much appreciated hopefully i'll uh, see you in person someday soon no worries thank you thanks again for listening to nti spotlight for insurance brokers looking to generate a CPD certificate for this episode, please visit partner.nti.com.au forward slash Nolan podcast. That URL again is partner.nti.com.au forward slash N-O-L-A-N podcast.